Howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, when we started this project, we were not sure how hard it would be to edit, record everything, and then eventually distribute. But then luckily, someone told us about Anchor. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. Secondly, they have creation tools that will allow you to record and edit directly from your phone or your computer. They distribute your podcast for you. And the best thing is you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Unprotected Sets captures the energy of a live comedy show and brings it directly to your ears. Part stand-up, part interview. You'll get an inside scoop into the tragically funny lives and minds of rising star comics. Real, raw, and funny. It's Unprotected Sets. When I wrestled, I couldn't get myself in a state to go and compete at a high level, and uh, I regret that. And now, in stand-up, I'm taking the opportunity Right before you go on, mentally getting yourself ready to go out there and perform. Put your hands together for the very funny Mike Vecchione. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thank you. It's great to be in L.A. I uh, flew in from New York, so uh, I did risk my life for this. I'm very happy to have uh, risked my life, so thank you for having me. And what a beautiful setup it is. We're doing this outside, for those of you at home, uh, in the mountains. So that's kind of nice. We're avoiding COVID, but we could be attacked by wolves at any time. I think I did my research on this, okay? Wolves could come out of the darkness at any time. The setup is great. Um, These lights, I mean, they may appear to be lights, but... uh, They're actually taking your temperature throughout the show. And if any of you guys go above uh, 99, um, we throw you into the mountains, okay? And we we let the wolves uh, take a shot at you, okay? Um, I don't know. I think we should talk about the pandemic that's happening. I think right off the bat, I know it might not be uh, the responsible thing to do. But (laughs) what do we know about it? What do we know about COVID-19? We know it's from China, so uh, it works. Um, I wasn't a natural wrestler. I had to work very hard and I was good for my area when I, you know, when I was in high school. But during the tournaments, it's humiliating to get pinned in a gymnasium full of people. And uh, I was not good at dealing with failure. I was not good at figuring out how to fail and how to come back from it. Now, if I, if I fail, I know more. So it's like, oh, this is the nature of things. So I get up and a joke doesn't work. It's like, okay, I gotta tweak it. I have to work it. You know, I take the loss and you just recoup and, and figure out another way. It's not life stopping. But back then I didn't have that perspective. So I was like devastated by every loss and every failure. Who do I blame for the pandemic, guys? Cause uh, I'm an Italian and uh, we're not good at fixing things. <laughs> 
Uh, we're good at blaming people for things. In my family, anyway, we did a good job of blaming people. Uh, so who do I blame for the pandemic? The people who wanted to get rid of straws. Where are those heroes? Where are those heroes right now? Get rid of the straws! Get rid of the straws! You're killing the turtles! Get rid of the straws! Fine, the straws are gone. Now we're putting our mouths on everything. We're raw-dogging everything with our mouths. And now we all have the coronavirus. And are the turtles helping us now that we're dying? Mine isn't, Harvey Weinstein. I named him before the scandal, guys, okay? He's got his head in a shell, quarantining. Probably mumbling ethnic slurs. No, because turtles are 100, guys, okay? If you don't think they're mumbling slurs, you've got your head in the sand, all right? I'm 100% uh, Italian. That's never helped me in my life. I thought it was going to be pretty special when I was 10, but it turns out no one cares. The only time I tell people now is when I give blood, because they're like, what's your blood type? I'm like, it's funny you should ask. 100% Italian. They're like, that's not at all what we mean. <laughs> I'm like, it's what I mean, because I want my blood to go to somebody eating, yelling, or holding a grudge for no reason, because that's what Italians are good at. And gambling, losing at gambling. My father had a gambling problem. He lost our house when I was 11. But he didn't come home and say I lost the house. He came home and said, Mike, how would you like to go camping forever? That's what he called it when he lost, guys, camping forever. There's no help for gamblers. There's one sign as you drive into Las Vegas. It says, gambling problem? Please call this number. That's ineffective. It should at least say, gambling problem? I bet you won't call this number. That would be more effective, you know, because these people have a gambling problem. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You guys are too kind. My father was, uh, because his father, um, he was uh, bipolar but wasn't diagnosed at the time. So um, the way our family dynamic was, is my, my father was loving but volatile. He was emotional and volatile all over. And that's for good and for bad. But my mother was the anchor, no matter how volatile it got. And it got volatile at times. When I was 40, we got into an argument and we didn't talk for a year. And um, we finally talked and he, wouldn't, he refused to apologize to me. And he was clearly out of line. But he did say something that clarified things for me. And he said, if you would have had my upbringing, you would be in jail or on drugs or dead by now. So that gave me some perspective on where he came from. And that's his way of saying, look, man, I'm already operating so far over my head that you don't even understand. I, that snapped it into focus for me a little bit. And I was like, okay, this isn't that big of a deal. I was in Las Vegas performing before the dark times. And uh, I had gotten food poisoning. And as you guys know, there are no doctors in Las Vegas. So <clears throat> I had to go to a magician. And uh, he would not help me because he was too busy sawing a woman in half, which I think is wrong, ladies. Women are people. You guys don't deserve that. You don't deserve to be sawed in half. I'll, I'll stand my ground on that one. You guys do not deserve to be sawed in half. Feminism, ladies, you're killing it. Great job. But there are some problems with feminism. Female teachers are having sex with their male students, and I think it's wrong. I think it's wrong because I never got to fuck my teachers, okay? I was not good-looking enough to have sex with my teachers. I had to have sex with who? The crossing guard. No, no, I had consensual sex with the crossing guard. You can't have non-consensual sex with the crossing guard, guys. 
Because even if she says no and you don't hear it, she has a sign that says stop. <laughs> it's a hard time for the ladies right now. I'll say it, it's a hard time for women. But you know who else it's a hard time for, ladies? Good men. We're on the defensive. My sister called me last night. She's like, what'd you do today? I'm like, well, I didn't rape. I'll tell you that much. That's what I didn't do. Ladies, we're trying to get better, but you have to have patience with us. We're trying to be better men, you know? I read this article. The police in Florida found a severed penis on the side of the road with a condom on it. I'm like, wow, that guy was worried about the wrong things. Gotta give us some time, ladies. I played football and wrestled, and both of those sports really humble you. I love football. I loved the contact of it now, and I don't know if it's the connection between, hey, if I run headfirst into somebody, not only is he going to feel it, I'm going to feel it. So that becomes very real at a very young age. And I think if you don't have that, you just kind of get lost in the fantasies of, like, I'm Spider-Man, I'm Batman. It's like, it's nice to have those fantasies when you're young, but they come crashing down when you realize... When you run into somebody, it's, you're gonna feel it, they're gonna feel it. So I think if we had you know, more of that, um, probably we would have less people just saying things they don't mean or just hurting people without realizing what they're doing. Hey y'all, it's them. It's Jaden. It's Carly Hansen. It's Oliver Tree. What's going on? It's Ian Dior. And we all know Valentine's Day is the most romantic time of the year. Whatever. My friends and I are about to turn the whole holiday upside down in our new scripted holiday series, Valentine's Day in Hell. First we spent Halloween in Hell. Now you're invited to be a part of the next musical podcast from our In Hell series. This time around, the devil is playing games with all of our hearts, trying to ruin our Valentine's Day plans by dragging us down to the depths of hell. In each episode, you're going to hear new original music from artists like Ian Dior, Jaden, Carly Hansen, and me, Fat. Tune into the Valentine's Day in Hell comedy horror musical podcast. Subscribe for full episodes, bonus material, and original music. This February, check out Valentine's Day in Hell. Brought to you by Audio Up and Podcast One. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Hey, how'd it do, y'all? I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. This better work out for me, guys. I'm not just talking about this set, but my career. Because I'm, uh, <clears throat> I... I would not be able to get a job. And a lot of people are like, oh, you don't think you have the skills? I'm like, I don't know what the jobs are. <laughs> when I got out of high school, there were five jobs you could have. Five you could have had. There was a band called The Village People. Those were your job choices. I was an Indian chief from 1991 to 1995. Okay, guys? That's what I'm talking about, millennials. I went to school for criminal justice at Penn State, uh, four years, to get the degree. And then I got out and wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I uh, tried to get into law school, and I didn't get in. My LSATs weren't high enough. So I'm like, okay, that's, I'm not supposed to go to law school. So I was in the Philadelphia area, and, uh, and I started working with uh, gang kids and, uh, at, at a school. If you read the case histories of some of these kids, man, it, it'll break your heart. 
I mean, my childhood, you know, it wasn't perfect, but they were always in my corner. They always had my back. There's something in that where I was like, oh, maybe I could give back in some way. I worked with adjudicated kids, kids who were going to go to lockup, and instead they went to this school. You let them have their freedom, but within a structure. Once you have that structure in place and they feel safe, you watch them just become kids again. Even the toughest kids, they just like, they are able to relax and become kids. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life when I got out of high school. I went online to become a private detective. It was a private detective school online and I paid online. I never heard from them again. I thought to myself, I either got ripped off or this is my first case. It's a tricky world. It's a tricky world out there, guys. But millennials, can I, uh, can I say something to you? You're smarter than my generation. I'm from Generation X. Gen X, maybe you heard of us. We're still on the streets, banging. But you guys are smarter, person for person. But a lot of times you miss the big picture. I was in Seattle before the dark times. And uh, <clears throat> there was an old man feeding the pigeons. And this group of millennial activists was going to stop him because he's feeding the pigeons bread. Bread is bad for the pigeons. Technically, you're correct, millennials, but a couple things to consider. Number one, the pigeon has 26 different kinds of diseases. All right? Let him have a cheat day. Let him have some bread. He probably has COVID before COVID was a thing. All right? The other thing, the man feeding the pigeons is 100. He can't see or hear. All his friends are dead. Let him feed the fucking pigeons. Not to mention the fact that's how they used to communicate in his day by pigeon. So in his mind, millennials, he's charging his cell phone. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. Great job. Let him hear it in the mountains, guys. Let him hear it in the mountains. What a great crowd. What a great crowd. Here's where I feel sorry for millennials. Dating. There's no more compromise. You could just throw the other person away. No more compromise? What is that, you know? That's how we were brought up. You had to compromise. I went on a date, okay? No compromise. First thing a woman said to me, I'm a vegan. I'm a vegan. Is that the first thing we should be saying to each other? How about your name? Let's work our way to dietary preferences. I'm a vegan. So very calmly I go, look, I am on the keto diet. All I eat is meat. We're on opposite ends of the dietary spectrum. But there's a chance to what? Compromise. But we did not go down that road. Because then she goes, I won't even eat food that has touched meat. And then I go, I only eat emotional support animals. Can we keep playing this game? We can keep playing this game. There's a lot of heartbreak behind some of these jokes, guys. You know? I was engaged. And then after the breakup, I just started going to open mics. Because I had the mentality of, who cares if I fail? Who cares? Just who cares? I, I, I'll take risks. Sometimes I would do okay, and sometimes I wouldn't. I started at the Laugh House in Philadelphia, and uh, some guys are funny right away. That wasn't my route. I just, but there was something valuable in it. I was like, this public speaking is going to help me in some capacity. Maybe I get my master's. Maybe it'll help me in my career in education. But I, I'm not going to be actually able to do this for a living. But after about three years, I was like, ah, this is kind of, I'm getting better at this. Uh, that's when... I decided to move to New York. New York really changed me in terms of like, I put uh, stand-up comedy first. Last girl, I broke up with her because there's too much fighting. You ever have that? Where you love somebody, but it's too much fighting. I told her, I'm like, sweetie, I'm already fighting the world. 
I can't fight the world and then come home and fight you. I have no time to rest. It's like being in a boxing match. You're punching your opponent. Your opponent's punching you. But then the bell rings and you go back to your corner. But then your trainer starts punching you. Because you thought you were looking at a ring girl for too long. She suffered from seasonal depression. You know who doesn't want to hear about seasonal depression? People who were alive during the Great Depression. Because I told my grandfather, my grandpa, you got to meet my girlfriend. You guys have so much in common. You almost died because you didn't have any bread. And she gets really sad when it's cloudy out. You guys are like twins, Pop-Pop. We got into huge fights because of the time I did not believe seasonal depression was real. And she would get pissed. She's like, you don't think it's real? I'm like, no, I don't. I'm like, I don't think any disease is real that you can cure by moving to Florida. I'm like, if it is a real disease, what are the symptoms? She's like, anger, irritability, not being able to get along with others. I'm like, wow, that sounds a lot like being a bitch. That sounds eerily similar. Why do we stay together so long? Is that what you guys want to know? Makeup sex. We had great makeup sex, because after the, after the fight, she was so cool. She's like, whatever you want, baby. She's like, do you want to choke me? Do you want to choke me during sex? I'm like, sex is actually the only time I don't want to choke you. It's the rest of the time when you're running your big, fat mouth. It's tough. It's tough sometimes, guys. Can I say something positive about her? It's very hard to date a comic. Because the relationships that actually work are about vulnerability. And as a comic, I'm just always kind of looking for the joke. And women don't like that. That's what I've learned. We're opening up about our dating history. She's like, my last three boyfriends, I dated an EMS worker, a firefighter, then I dated a police officer. I was like, wow, your pussy is like a civil service exam. (laughs) Pretty solid. Pretty solid. You know what she said to me? She goes, that's not funny. I'm like, okay, I can see why you don't think that's funny. But if you take yourself out of it emotionally... And just look at the joke structure. I think I nailed it. Okay, that's a pretty solid joke. That's a pretty solid... Guys, stand-up comedy is fun. It's my job. At least it was fun before I had uh, to perform in the mountains. (laughs) But my real passion, uh, because I live in New York City, was traveling around this great country and telling people in different cities that they have terrible pizza. I love it. It's a passion. And I can work it into any conversation. I was in Baltimore. I'm coming down in an elevator. This woman's talking to me. She goes, oh, you live in New York City? How did you enjoy our aquarium? I'm like, lady, I don't know anything about your aquarium, but your pizza is shit. (laughs) She goes, what's wrong with it? And that gives you an entrance way to insult their entire town. I'm like, first of all, miss, in order to have good pizza, you need good water. You guys don't have it. Now, maybe you're using all of your good water in your aquarium, but you're not using it in your fucking pizza, I can tell you that much, because it sucks. Then I'll compare the town negatively to another town close by. I'll go, look, I was just in Cleveland. That's not great pizza, but it's not this dog shit. It's a lot of fun, guys. I went to China before the dark times. Now, I dropped my phone in the toilet in China, and that's actually the best place to drop your phone in the toilet, you know, because of all the rice. (laughs) But I wouldn't put it in white rice. I put it in brown rice because of my emphasis on diversity. (laughs) Diversity, guys. That's the name of the game and show business right now, diversity. My manager calls me up. He's like, Mike, is there anything in your background that could give us some much-needed diversity? I'm like, well, I'm 100% Italian. Does that help? He's like, actually, that hurts us a lot. 
So if you could not mention that again, that would be a big help. And he's like, what about what's going on inside of you? Is there any diversity there? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, with your feelings. Like sometimes do you feel like a woman that is trapped inside of a man's body? Cause that's a story we could tell. I'm like, no, that's not really happening. But I was born C-section. So I was a man who was trapped inside of a woman's body. I did not want to leave that woman's body, but the doctor cut my mother open and dragged me into the patriarchy. Thank you. You guys are gems. You guys are gems. So I'm in China and I get my phone working again. And my tour guide was like, Mike, how are you enjoying China? I'm like, it's okay, but your pizza is terrible. And I was like, you know who has a decent slice? Korea. Korea has a decent slice of pizza. Hey, this is Adam Carolla. Let me tell you about my podcast. We do it uh, every single day, so you can subscribe, and there'll always be a fresh one waiting for you. It's about two hours of uh, topics, topical topics, and news, and guests, and uh, comedians, and of course, my own vitriolic take on uh, just about everything that's going on in the world. Plus, um, we get a lot of really interesting, uh, notable people who come in. We'll get politicians, we'll get uh, tastemakers, we'll get stand-ups, we'll get uh, authors, we'll get uh, pundits, we'll get, uh, what I say? Well, I think about covers it all, celebrities as well. And uh, we'll do some really interesting interviews with them. You can get The Adam Carolla Show wherever you download your podcast. Hey, howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'd like to talk about race now, guys. And uh, I know uh, I look like a racist cop, so I'm probably the wrong guy (laughs) to talk about it. Something tells me I should go for it. I'm a straight white, and uh, sometimes I only see things from my perspective. You know, example: I'm in uh, Aruba performing before the dark times, and uh, I needed somebody to rub sunblock on me. And when you're a straight, and you're a white, and you need somebody to rub sunblock on you, and you do not have an intimate partner there, it is awkward. It's a lot to ask somebody. You know, so who do I ask? Do I ask another man? That's awkward. Do I ask his wife? Now I gotta fight the man. Can't ask a kid. I think Epstein ruined that for all of us. I asked my friend who I was working with, who I've known for a long time, African-American woman. I was like, will you please rub sunblock on me? She goes, sunblock, Michael, is racist. I go, how so? She goes, it's a product, Michael, that's dedicated to keeping you white. I'm like, you're blowing my mind right now. She's like, and, and you could tell the level of racism by the SPF. SPF 5 is a little bit racist. SPF 40 is Nazi strength. She goes, give me one reason I should rub this sunblock on you, Michael. One reason. I go, melanoma? 
That was her name, Melanoma Jenkins. But I am anti-discrimination. I don't care what my haircut says. Anti-discrimination, guys. I'm against it. I think it's wrong. I'm in Aruba, same joke. And uh, I'm walking on the beach. These children are building a sandcastle. So I examined it very carefully. And then I kicked it over. With tears in their eyes. They were like, sir, why? And I was like, because you do not have any wheelchair accessible entrances, okay? This is a castle of discrimination, you little pieces of shit, and I'm not gonna stand for it. I've been broken up with a lot, and it's hard to take those losses. Every one of the girls, like, I love them. I actually, I really love them. So when it ended, whether I ended it or they ended it, I was really in pain. And in every one of those relationships ending, I picked up skills that helped me in my life. So it's a weird thing where it's like, it's the worst thing in the world, but I'm, I'm picking up these life skills from every one of these situations. Guys, you're really putting me in a good mood, you know? <laughs> I got a, some bad news this morning. Uh, my favorite Italian restaurant is closing, Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> Guys, Charles Edward Cheese has decided to close his doors. <laughs> I like the Chuck E. Cheese business model. They opened up, they're like, look, we have rats. <laughs> now we could call an exterminator but that's gonna cost a lot. What do you say we just lean into this thing? Let's get a rat, let's make him our spokesperson. Get him on stage, get him in a band, get him cranking out some hits. <laughs> Charles Edward Cheese. I'd like to talk uh, about the quarantine a little bit. Couples, clap if you're a couple. Yes, pretty hot. Now clap if you're a single. This one's for you. This one's for the singles. This one's for the singles. I would like to talk about masturbation right now. No, no, I'm gonna talk about it. I'm gonna talk about masturbation. How do I do it? Is that what you guys wanna know? With the most dignity and respect possible, on a schedule, every day, 4 p.m. It's two Fridays ago, I'm in New York. It's about 3.55, I'm getting ready for my sesh. Go into my room, I bolt the door, I put a little Vaseline intensive care with a touch of aloe on my hand. Cause I figure it's the weekend, why not go ahead and treat myself, okay? <laughs> touch of aloe, let's celebrate a little bit, okay? Let's get some momentum going on into the weekend. I start, and about two minutes in, the neighbor boy starts practicing his violin. <laughs> and I'm like, just when I thought this couldn't get any sadder, it feels like he's playing for me. I finish and I'm disgusted with myself. Guys, where are you at? I'm disgusted with myself. What am I doing with my life? I'm an adult. And I'm looking at my exhausted penis. I'm just being honest, guys. And I'm thinking to myself, what would it be like to have a gigantic one? What would it be like to have a really big one? Because I don't have one. I'll be honest with you. It's not small either. I can feel your judgment. I would describe it as working class, okay? I would describe mine as a union penis. Gets in there, does the job, doesn't do any overtime. Earns a wage, collects a check, carries a lunch pail. This is how I describe it on the internet. If penises were flashlights, ladies, in a dark room with my penis, you would be able to see. You would not be able to read, but you would be able to see, and that's pretty helpful. 
anyhow, I'm at the airport and uh, getting ready to check in. And the lady at check-in goes, you have to check your bag. And I go, but it's my emotional support carry-on. I need that for emotional support. You let people take dogs and chickens and all kinds of animals on for emotional support. Why can't I take my emotional support bag? She goes, sir, that's not a real thing. I'm like, apparently, miss, you don't know that much about mental health. Because it is. And I have a letter from my doctor. I gave her the letter, and she read it, and she goes, uh, this letter is fake. And I go, I know, I'm a liar. That is part of my disability. I need to take my emotional support back. I want to take my emotional support back. She goes, listen, there's a metal contraption right next to the gate. If you could fit your bag in that metal contraption, you could take it on the flight. I go, thank you, that's fair. So I take it to the metal contraption. You guys know what I'm talking about. And I put it in, but it doesn't fit. And then I angle it and then push it and angle it and push it. And after about the 10th time, it occurs to me, this is what it must be like to have a gigantic penis. <laughs> oh, it's good in theory, but it don't fit anywhere. Because I've never taken my pants down and had a woman say, we do not have any more space for that. You're going to have to tag that thing and you can pick it up in Jacksonville. That's all my time. You guys, uh, you guys were so nice to me. Thank you so much for being so kind. I appreciate you. I love you guys. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find the ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.